Uh, I want to thank you all for coming out to hear the word this morning. I know that there are a lot of things that you can be doing this morning, but instead you came out and you chose to hear the word of God. Um, I often say how it's very important that you read the word of God. And today's episode really reflects on why you should study the word of God. Um, This is actually part two of the last episode that I had done where we were talking about if a person can lose their salvation in Christ. The name of the topic is, can one lose their salvation in Christ? And the answer that I gave them was no. Plain and simple, no. All right? As I I last left off, I was talking about how this term and I'm saying this in air quotes, selling one's soul, how that is a very common term. And it's also a very um, false term. What do I mean by it's a false term? It's impossible to sell one's soul. Okay, it is. You cannot sell your soul to the devil, all right? You cannot, or you cannot lose your salvation in Christ. I'm not going to um, continue to talk about that because I actually talked about that in part one, all right? And this is part two. And what I want to talk about now is um, the reference that people actually go to in the Bible when they try to make their debate about if a person can lose their salvation in Christ Jesus or if a person can sell their soul. All right. Now, these people often go to these set of scriptures, you know, and they often win people over to their beliefs when they do refer to these set of scriptures because it seems impressive that they actually know these scriptures. But although they know these events that happened in the Bible, they tend to take them out of context because they don't study the word of God. Okay? And they often point to these um events that happened in the Bible and they said, well, you know, yeah, it's possible to sell your soul. You know, what about, you know, this event that happened in the Bible and that event that happened in the Bible and this event and that event and this event and that event and this event. And there are plenty of events that people actually go to, you know, and I've heard them before. I've heard people make their case 
before. And I want to clear this up. All right. On these set of scriptures that people often take out of context, these point of references that people often take out of context, that people go to to make their case about how you can so-called sell your soul to the devil. Okay. Now, turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 5, verses 29 through 34. The book of Genesis, chapter 25, verses 29 and 34. Okay. Now Jacob cooked a stew and Esau came in from the field and he was very weary. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, look, I am about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. I want you to remember verses 32 and Esau said look I'm about to die so what is this birthright to me a lot of people try to go to that event to try and make their case about how a person can sell their soul all right and they often say well what about Esau you know Esau, he was the firstborn. You know, he he had a birthright. You know, if he would have kept his birthright, he would have had everything when his when his father had died. And he gave up everything for a pot of stew. Okay. Now Turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 16 through 17. Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 16 through 17. Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 16 through 17. That no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. Now, let me tell you something about Esau, okay? 
Let me tell you something about Esau. Esau was never really a man of faith to begin with. Okay? He was a very unholy man. Very sexual and sexually immoral man. Alright? Um, unrighteous man. Okay? So, he was never really a man of faith to begin with. Okay? And it says, For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. Okay? Had Esau repented, truly repented, okay, he would have been forgiven, all right? He would have been forgiven. Did he regret later on selling his birthright? Definitely, all right? Remember Genesis chapter 25 verses 32? You know, Esau being kind of a bit overly dramatic at the time, saying, look, I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Kind, kind of regret saying that now. Okay. Ended up regretting saying that. Okay. But had he repented, honestly, earnestly, truly repented, he would have been, he would have been given another chance. He would have been forgiven. Okay? He cried about it, yes. He regretted it, yes. But did he ever truly repent? No, he did not. So you can't make the case that, oh, Esau sold his soul, you know, for, for he sold his birthright for a pot of stew and then stop right there. A lot of times people, they just want to read a little bit, but they don't want to read the whole entire scripture. They just want to take bits and pieces. And try and use it to their advantage. Alright. Turn with me. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. Verses 1 through 11. Matthew chapter 4. Verses 1 through 11. I'm drinking cold coffee right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. There's nothing worse than cold coffee. I will tell you that. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 11 Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward he was hungry 
Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands, they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Now, why did I read that? Why did I read that? You know, that's, that's a, again, another very common reference that people actually go to to try and justify that a person can lose their salvation or a person can sell their soul or whatever, make a deal with the devil or whatever. They often refer to when Satan tells Jesus to bow down and worship him. All right. And. The devil would give him all the kingdoms of the world. Now. That would be very foolish to use that reference because you cannot compare anything with Jesus Christ. Okay. You cannot compare anything with Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ. When the devil had came at Christ Jesus trying to tempt him each time. Jesus retaliated with scripture. All right. He retaliated by speaking the word of God. Okay. See, the devil, he knew. Again, the devil being great at deceiving people, he tried to trick Jesus because the devil knew the word of God. So he tried to use the word against Jesus. But Jesus came back at the devil because Jesus knew the truth in the word. Okay? He knew the truth. So he combated the devil with scripture. Okay. And to say that, you know, oh, well, what about when Satan told Jesus to bow down, you know, and worship him and he would give him all, you know, the kingdoms of this world. Did Jesus bow down and worship the devil? How can you possibly, you know, use that as a reference? Okay. 
I understand what you're trying to say, but still, I can put a very big hole in your logic. All right. Turn with me to the book of Mark. Chapter eight, verses 34 through 38. Um, I know, you know, right now I'm just going through a few events in the Bible. I'm trying to explain a few events in the Bible. This might seem a little boring, but it's necessary that I explain this to you. Okay, it's very important. Okay. Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 38. When he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Now, I want to mainly focus on verses 36 and 37, okay? Because I hear people often use this as a point of reference to try and justify that, you know, oh, you can sell your soul, whatever. What about where it says, you know, what does it, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What about that? What about that? What about that? Well, let me tell you about that. All right. I'm going to start at verse 35 again. Okay. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. Uh, what verse 35 is saying right there, okay, is what just happened is Jesus is telling those, his disciples and those who are listening, all right? He's saying, pick up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself. He's saying, look. Everything you have that's easy going in your life. Be willing to put that all behind you. All right. Pick up your cross and follow me. You're going to go through hard times. OK, if you if, you, if you're going to follow me, you're going to go through hard times. All right. Pick up your cross and follow me. Just like I'm going to be persecuted on the cross, just like I'm going to die on the cross, you're going to be persecuted too. Okay? Deny yourself. That's what you have to do in order to follow me. 
Jesus is saying. For whosoever desires to save his life will lose it. In other words, if you don't deny yourself, if you want to live in the comforts of the world, if you want to live the easy life that the world has to offer, okay, if you don't want to be persecuted for my name's sake, if you can't take the heat of from following me, from following me, all right, and you would rather live the easy life, have things your way, then you'll end up losing your life when you die. You will go to hell. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. In other words, if you if you deny yourself, if you are willing to deny yourself and you deny yourself all the things that this world has to offer and if you are willing to be persecuted for the gospel of Christ Jesus, and you are willing to be persecuted for Christ Jesus as you follow him, then when you die, you will be saved. Okay? Now, hold on now. Okay? For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Basically, what Christ is saying is, all right, if you decide to live in the comforts of this world, if you decide to spend your whole life, you know, living in, living in, living the easy life rather than because you don't want to follow Christ, because following Christ is too hard, you know, and you just want to have an easy life, you know, for just this short while that we're in this world. And then when you die, you end up losing your soul to hell. When you die, your soul ends up going to hell. Then what's the point? What's the point? How does it benefit? How, how did any of that benefit you? By living the easy life, not wanting to follow in Christ, rejecting Christ so that you won't be persecuted, so that people will leave you alone. In the end, how did it benefit you? How did it profit you? Because you spent a small time living in comfort, but now you spend the rest of your you spend the rest of eternity in hell. That's what verse 36 is saying. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? See verse 37 right there. That tells us that you cannot. That very specifically tells us right there 
that you cannot sell your soul or buy your soul or whatever. Okay? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? You know? What is possibly, what can possibly be more important than your soul? Nothing. Nothing. Okay? There's nothing more important than than denying yourself and picking up your cross and following Jesus. The whole point of this passage, verse 36, where people often try and use that verse to try and, again, justify how a person can sell their soul. Verse 36 and verse 37, that all goes back to, that's all a part of this on verse 34 through 38, when Christ Jesus is talking about, you know, how you must pick up your cross and follow me and deny yourself, okay? Because nothing is more important than that. Because if you don't, then you know, you will go to hell. All right. If you're not willing to pick up your cross and follow me, then you will go to hell for all of eternity. Okay. Nothing is more important than picking up your cross and denying yourself and following Jesus. Nothing. Okay. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words and this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the son of man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels. That has nothing to do with selling a person's soul. I have no idea where this whole entire thing came from. I have no idea where this whole rumor started from. How a person can make a deal with the devil to sell his soul. And again, I'm putting that in air quotations when I say that because it's just so silly. You know. And I, I hear that so often, you know, oh, you know, people in the entertainment business do it all the time. Politicians do it all the time. You know, um, millionaires and billionaires do it all the time. You know, people in Wall Street do it all the time. And. I hear that all the time, okay? It, because it's, it's it's just, and it gets to a point where it's like, every time I hear it, it's like, I just roll my eyes. Like, whatever. And I just scoff at that because it just, it just gets to a point where, you know, it just sounds ridiculous. Because it's just nonsense. Because you cannot sell your soul to the devil. Okay? Because to sell your soul, to say that you can sell your soul to the devil, that's like saying that Christ is making a deal with the devil. Because it would have to involve Christ. 
in order for a person to sell their soul to the devil. Okay? It would. And I will tell you this. Christ Jesus does not make deals with anybody. There's no dealing with Christ Jesus. All right? There's no selling or buying with Christ Jesus. Not with man, not with woman, not with human, all right? Not with the devil, okay? It's impossible. And it's nonsense, okay? Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 10. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 10. 2 Timothy 4, verses 10. Excuse me, verses 9 and 10. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Paul writes, Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, Having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica, Crescens in Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. I'm going to stop right there, okay? Because right now the person I want to focus on is this guy Demas, okay? Demas, he's, he's not a very famous person in the Bible, okay? Uh, he's mentioned in the Bible, um, if I'm not mistaken, about three times, maybe four times. And at first, Paul, he has good things to say about Demas. You know, he's a brother in the faith. You know, he's a good guy. You know, but... Now, Paul is writing to Timothy, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica. He's not, Demas isn't a person we know that much about. Okay? But one thing, if we look up about this guy, Demas, one thing we know about him, all right, his main characteristic, one thing that we learn about him is that one thing that really stands up or stands out about this guy, something that really came to bite him in the back is... When he left, when he left his faith to go back to the world, it doesn't say that he left. He does. It does. The Bible doesn't say that he left the faith. It's, Paul says that he had left him, all right, to go back to the things of the world. Okay, but we generally know that what that's saying is that Demas he had left the faith. A lot of people, they can say, oh, well, what about Demas in the Bible? 
he went back to the things of the world. You know, he could lose his salvation. You know, he he used to he he used to um be with Paul. He used to be with Paul in in the mission field. You know, and and he just went back. How did he not lose his salvation? I want to say two things. Okay. First of all, as I said, person cannot lose their salvation. Okay. Now, there are times when people really do mess up and they... They do go back. Okay. They do go back. And in doing so, it makes life a lot harder for them. That is true. All right. And they do get lost. Along the way, spiritually. Okay? I can name a few people that I know like that personally. Alright? I know that they are Christians. I know that they are. And yet somewhere along the way, they backstepped. Unintentionally. Or maybe they were tricked. Or fooled, or the temptation was just too great. And they ended up becoming spiritually lost. Okay? And they end up struggling with themselves. Does that mean that they lose their salvation? No, it does not. Okay? Now, the things in this world end up. It, Thing, ah, excuse me. Life in this world ends up becoming a lot harder for that person. Okay. I can only imagine how hard it must have became for Demas to live when he went back. Okay. In the sense that, okay, he could have stayed with Paul. All right. Bringing the gospel, moving forward with Paul, being around lots of Christian brothers and sisters, all right, in the faith, many whom probably could support him, but instead he chose to backpedal or go to something or go to someplace else, okay? And because he had done so, life did become a lot harder for him. But does that mean that he's not going to heaven? No. Because once you receive Christ Jesus in your life, in your life, you do have a seat reserved for you in heaven. Now, Demas, he went back to the things of this world. Once Demas had went back to the things of this world, the Bible doesn't say much else about Demas, okay? Bible doesn't tell us anything else about demons. Okay. 
For all we know, Demas could have quickly realized his mistake and he could have been trying to get back right with God and to try to get back to live righteously. Okay? And we don't know how his life ended up. We don't know too much about the legacy that he left on this earth, okay? Aside from what the Bible tells us, okay? It doesn't tell us if Demas was old when he went back to the things of this world. Chances are he wasn't, okay? Um, so we don't know that much about Demas, but what we do know is that you can't lose your salvation. Now you can be spiritually lost and it will be very hard, yes, okay, but when you die, God, excuse me, God will judge you accordingly, but you will make it into heaven. Because you receive salvation, because you have salvation, okay? Um, another thing, Judas betrays Christ, okay? Judas betrays Christ. Now, this is actually very simple. This is very simple. All right. And this is one of the most, one of um, the most tragic stories in the Bible, I guess you can say, or tragic outcomes in the Bible. You can say, if not most tragic, probably the most famous, one of the most famous tragic outcomes, you know, aside from Jesus being crucified, is when Judas actually betrays Jesus. But that's not where it stops. Judas betrays Jesus. What do we know about Judas? He was one of the original 12 disciples. Okay. He was one of the original 12 disciples. And in the end, Christ Jesus had prophesied that Judas would betray him. Judas had told the Pharisees, had set Jesus up, in other words, told the Pharisees, told the, um, told the people where Jesus would be, okay, gave them information about Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, okay, which isn't very much, all right? Judas saw the error of his ways. Okay. 
saw the error of his ways. He realized what he did was horrible. He recognized that. He acknowledged that. I'm going to stop right there for a second. Now, Judas, he was one of Christ's followers. He was one of Christ's original disciples, yes. But I don't believe that Judas truly believed in Christ Jesus so much as his other disciples did. I believe that Judas, like a lot of people, you know, they they get they tune in to Christ Jesus or they tune in to the word, you know. And they get interested in it, you know, it's interesting. They want to hear a little bit more, you know. And if it's to their liking, yeah, they'll listen to it. If it's not, then nah, whatever. Or maybe it's just a thing they're going through, you know. But some people, they don't really take in the word so much as they, they're just interested in hearing it. And I believe that Judas was one of those people that he was just interested in what Christ Jesus had to say. You know, he's a, Christ Jesus was a real interesting guy, very intriguing, you know, wasn't like most people. So Judas, he wanted to know a little bit about, a little more about Christ Jesus. So he decided to follow Christ Jesus. He wasn't like his other disciples. That's my belief. That's my personal belief. Okay. And because he didn't really truly believe in Christ Jesus, he ended up betraying Christ Jesus. And as I said, okay, yes, um, Judas, he ended up betraying Christ Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, which isn't that much money. He ended up realizing he was wrong, very wrong. He, he acknowledged that. He knew the error of his ways. He knew that he was so wrong in the fact that he committed suicide. Okay? People could say, well, what about that? That's selling his soul. No, he didn't sell his soul. Because had he repented, and I'm going to compare this exactly to what I'm going to say next. Had Judas repented and said, forgive me, Jesus, for what I've done. Christ Jesus would have forgave him. He may have been a bit disappointed in Judas, but he would have forgave him. And he would have quickly moved on. Okay? But instead of asking for repentance, Judas became so filled with demons, all right, that... The devil led him to commit suicide. Okay? But he did not sell his soul. Okay? 
And a lot of times for people who say, oh, you can lose your salvation, you can lose your salvation. Turn with me to the book of 1 John. The book of 1 John. Book of 1 John, chapter 2. Book of 1 John, chapter 2, verses 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Kind of like what I read about Demas. Or like Judas. Okay. Maybe this was kind of like Demas. All right. See, you look at their ending. Okay. And we realize they started out as Christians or they started out as followers of Christ Jesus. Okay. They went out from us. They went out from Jesus. Okay. They went out from the word of God. But they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. If they had been of Christ Jesus, if they had been of the word of God, then Judas, he would have continued to go from the word of God. Judas, he would have repented. And he would have moved on. Demas, he would have never went back to the things of this world. And he would have continued in the mission. Okay? But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. So you see when they so you see when Judas killed himself, when Judas committed suicide, all right, when 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 Demas left, all right, it was made manifest that they were never really of Christ to begin with. All right. All right. That could be Demas's situation because we don't know too much about him. But that's Judas's situation. When Judas had committed suicide, it was made manifest that he was never one of them to begin with. Okay? And you can look at that like when Peter denies Jesus. Okay? Because around, you know, when we, when we tell this um, event of... Um, Jesus' Last Supper. Um, to when Jesus is arrested. Okay. All the way to Jesus' trial. To when Jesus is crucified. Okay. To when Jesus is talking with his disciples 
that one morning as they were having breakfast. All right. We we hear how Jesus talks about how Judas will betray him and how Peter will deny him. Now let's look at Peter for a second. Okay. Peter denies Jesus. All right. Peter who was supposed to be or who always basically considered himself as Jesus's right-hand man. Jesus, I'm by your side. I'm always going to be by your side. Anyone messes with you, they're messing with me. I'm your guy. Okay? I'm your guy. I'm going to follow you. So, when Peter ended up denying that he knew Jesus three times, that right there, that was kind of like a betrayal. Okay? Was it not? So, yes, Peter... He betrayed Jesus also. Okay. And it even says so in the Bible that when Peter realized this, he cried and he cried and he cried like a little baby. The Bible says he wept. Okay. He acknowledged what he did was wrong. But did Peter go kill himself? No. Peter, he repented. All right. Peter was feeling really down about himself. And he repented. And Christ Jesus had redeemed Peter. Had Judas repented, had Judas not killed himself, and ask for forgiveness, Christ Jesus would have forgave Judas too. He would have. All right? But Christ Jesus had redeemed Peter. And everything worked out with Peter. Okay? He realized his mistake. He asked for forgiveness because that is what Christ is about. Christ is about forgiving. All right. He is in. The, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So that when we do mess up, we can come to Christ Jesus for forgiveness, no matter what it is. In Christ Jesus will forgive us no matter what it is. No matter how dark it is. Okay? Christ Jesus will forgive us. Okay? And I mean the list goes on. You know, the list goes on. Turn with me to the book of John, chapter 10, 
verses 27 through 30. John chapter 10, verses 20 through 30. <clears throat> John chapter 10, verses 20 through 30. Verses 27 through 30. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. And I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Right there. Who is Jesus's sheep? Those who have salvation, his disciples. Christ is the leader. We are his followers. We are his disciples. Christ is the shepherd. We are his sheep. Okay. We hear his voice and he knows us and we follow him. All right. And he gives us eternal life that we shall never perish. Because we follow him, Christ Jesus gives us eternal life. He gives us salvation. That we will never perish. Neither shall anyone ever. Ever. Snatch us out of his hand. The devil can never take away our salvation. The devil can never take us away from Christ Jesus. Those who are true Christians. Those who are true believers. No one can ever be taken away from Christ Jesus. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. For those people who think that they belong to the devil and that they will always belong to the devil and that the devil is their master, you know what? There is hope for you because you know what? God the Father is greater than all. No one is greater than God. So if you feel as though you are underneath the devil, if you are in bondage to sin and you decide to call on Jesus, then you know what? Jesus Christ will save you. You can get saved. You can get out of that bondage of sin. You can get from under the devil. You turn to God. You turn to Christ Jesus because nothing is greater than God. All right. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. No one. All that stuff about selling one's soul and making deals with the devil and 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 whatever it whatever it goes. That's silly. That's nonsense. All right. It's a horrific and often very effective trick 
that's often used by the devil. Okay. It's a very useful trick in the devil's arsenal. And it's often used on those people who don't know about Christ. But I will say this is that there are a few people who who often used to think that they had sold their soul to the devil. And I say that again in quotation marks. But because they wanted out and they had found Christ Jesus and they called on Christ Jesus, you know what? They did become saved. They did receive salvation and they are no longer under the devil. And they realized that that one, that that, 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 that whole time where they believed that they had sold their soul or whatever, that that was just a whole trick. All right. I want to I want to thank you all for listening to um, today's um, episode. It's part two um, of this episode. All right. And I'm going to close right there. Okay. But before I close, I want to um, remind everybody that October 25th is um, the national or the excuse me, the annual fall week of prayer. And. Um, what that is, is when everybody gets together at the same time and prays for one week, you just don't stop praying. You pray and you pray and you pray. All right. And it doesn't matter if you're in public, doesn't matter if you're in the privacy of your own home. It doesn't matter if you're with a group of people or if you pray by yourself, if you pray aloud, if you pray to yourself. All right. It doesn't matter. All right. The whole point is so that we can all be on one page and just pray. OK. And. Um, I want you all to remember that August, I mean, excuse me, October 25th for a whole week. All right. And I'm going to close with the prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, O oh Lord God, another day that you have given us, Lord. And I thank you for giving us the reading of your word, Heavenly Father. Now, Lord, just I pray that you continue to give us the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding and the reading of your word, O oh Lord. And Lord, I pray, O oh Lord, that you just continue to give us the will and the desire and the passion and the want to to continue to study your word, O oh Lord. Thank you for your many blessings, O Lord God. In your name I pray. Amen. Now, before I go, I want to leave you with this one verse taken from Galatians chapter 6, verses 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Thank you all.